what's going on, everyone? You're listening to WLRA 88.1 FM here at Lewis University in Romeoville, Illinois. Uh, this is our 80-hour To Kill a DJ special broadcast for raising funds for Hope Children's Hospital Family Assistance Fund. It's a great cause. We are we're raising as much money as humanly possible to date. For the entire uh, for the entire uh, tequila DJ, it's been a long time. <laughs> we have raised over a hundred thousand dollars to date, and this year we've raised eight thousand nine hundred. Currently, this year, so after the totals have been counted, hopefully it will be over a thousand dollars this this school year, and that's that's huge for everyone here at WLRA. Um, and for Lewis University, we do a lot of good work here, and uh, it does not go unnoticed by the community as well as Lewis. So we'd like to take the opportunity to thank everyone for allowing us to do this and supporting us all the way. But without any further ado, I promised you some special guests, and here they are. We have a Mr. Jared and a Mr. Steve here. How's it going, Brandon, man? Thanks for having us. He's Jared. And that's, that's Jared, Steve. And that's Steve. Um, <laughs> they are, if you listened earlier around 4 o'clock, you heard uh, Nick on. He is part of the Disease Network, as are these gentlemen. Their podcast is called Something Gate. That's correct, correct sir. Yes, and we will also promote that as well as we did with Nick's. Um, you guys have a great podcast already, so I'm not too nervous about getting you guys on. You <laughs> yeah. know how to talk. You know how to talk. You know what you're doing, so I'm excited. Is there anything you brought to the table for me today so we can discuss, or should I just throw things at you? Well, let's start out with uh, you asking us. I mean, uh, we've had you on Claire's show before, yes. and we were able to kind of, you know, that's been a couple times. Great episodes, by the way. Yeah, I did enjoy them. Also very highly um, listened to, so a lot of listens on those, which is fantastic. You're welcome. That's, hey, I, hey, I'll take any listens <laughs> yeah. as I can get, you know. Um, but as I usually drive my show, I'm, you know, figure we're guests on our show. I mean, on your show this time. So yeah. let's let you kind of start it off. All right. All right. Um, well, did, well, we'll start. You guys are Star Wars fans, I'm assuming? Uh, yes, sir. Of course. Of, co- of course. It says Steve looks gingerly over to Jared. Uh, <laughs> Longingly. Longingly is really <laughs> what we're looking for. Um, so you saw the Rogue One trailer. I have not. You yeah, have no, not. I've been, I've been out of town. That's right. You were in Nashville. Yes, sir. Yeah, How was that? They don't have no internets in Nashville. They, no, they do not. No, no That's internet good. whatsoever. Land uh-huh. mountains make it kind of tough. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no Rocky Mountain Wi-Fi. Um. So how was Nashville, real quick? Nashville like was, a, was a really good cool time, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Got to visit, actually visited the Vanderbilt campus and the University of Tennessee campus. It was kind of cool to see other things and... It was nice. We got to see a play, went down to downtown Nashville. You saw Nashville. Book of Mormon. Yes, we I did. I saw that. How was that? Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, would you recommend it to everyone? No. But I would not recommend it to everyone. <laughs> I'd well, recommend it to anybody that likes South Park or anybody true. that could um, that understands the, uh, what am I looking for, the sense of humor of Trey Parker and Matt, Matt Stone. Stone yes. Because I went to a Sunday matinee. Yeah. At two o'clock in the afternoon, I'd say I'd say over half of the opera house. This was the national touring production of it, okay? And over half of that opera house was people over the age of seventy, for the most wow. part. Wow, that seems like a tough crowd. That was I was like, oh, I, f- I was a bit uncomfortable <laughs> laughing, laughing. <at> everything. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I knew exactly what I was getting in for, but I don't think everybody else knew what they were getting in for. Yeah. But people were What's the surprised. Book of what's the name of this play? Yeah, <laughs> they were what laughing. did you just say? <laughs> How dare he? Yeah, uh, no, that's awesome. So, welcome back. Thank to you very much. The great state of Illinois. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. 
So you haven't seen the Rogue One trailer? I have not. You have to I, watch I, that. I apologize. We might, let you, we might take a break in a little while. Have you watched that? We do that all the time when we're recording. <laughs> you know, we get on a topic. Have you seen this yet? No. Oh, well, hold on. We'll pause the cast <laughs> and, and everything. Pause. Yeah. It's a little harder to do with live radio. Yeah. But we'll get around to it. <laughs> uh, so, Steve, do you, you watched the trailer. I did. What did you think? Are you excited for it now after seeing um, it? I don't know if excited is quite the word that I would use. I'm going to go see it. Um, you know, the trailer hasn't made me not want to see it. Like, the, the trailer for Batman vs. Superman killed the movie for me. That I, movie I was terrible. I disagree. But, we'll talk. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't really, like, I wasn't jumping out of my seat like, oh, my God, I have to go see this movie. Yeah. But I'll be interested in it. Um it's it's nice to see you know the the classic Star Wars like stormtroopers and stuff. Yeah, stuff it's from good to see era. that again. Uh, it, it's great to see that again as opposed to the new shiny. Not that the new shiny is bad. Yeah, but um, I I generally don't like prequel type movies to begin okay. with. So I'm happy that this is kind of an offshoot of it, but. How much tension and stuff can really be given away when you know what's going to happen? He's yeah. said it multiple times that he is pretty much prequeled and origin storied out. He's he's done with Hollywood doing those yeah. types of movies. And okay. It's been hard to get him to go see a couple of those movies, but yeah. we've had a good time doing it. Good, good. Um so I'm 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 honestly excited for Rogue One. I'm going to I mean I no matter care. what. I'm yeah, no matter it. what I'm going to yeah. see it. Uh Real quick, I, I shared this earlier. I don't know if you guys saw it, but apparently you can mash up Star Wars The Force Awakens with Dark, Dark Side, Side of, of the, the Moon. Moon. And yeah. I was watching the clip, and I think it works pretty well. Yes. I, I want to try it. I do have Dark Side on vinyl. I did that once. I did the uh, Alice in Wonderland. The Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, How with, did that work? with vinyl. Okay. It, I mean, um, Wizard of Oz. Sorry, not Alice. Sorry. Wizard of Oz. It, it matched up perfectly. Yeah, it I've was, done that before. It was a blast. Watching Wizard of Oz like that is really cool. Yeah, yeah it, it was really I, slick. I did that once in the dark. It was incredible. Just <laughs> yeah. watching the whole thing with my big old vinyl right in front. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I'm losing my train of thought real quick. It's okay. So Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Your argument was that it's it's not a terrible movie. It's not a terrible movie. Okay. It's a, it's a seven. It's a seven. A I wouldn't seven. give it that high, but okay. okay. Um, I also went into it with lower expectations, I think, than most people because um, I've said on multiple occasions that uh, Spider-Man 3 broke my heart. That movie. Yes, okay, I remember you and I having this conversation yeah, that, before. So seeing I, my two favorite comic book storylines of all time are, um, spoiler alert, Batman versus Superman fans, a few seconds, and okay, the death of Superman storyline and mm-hmm. Venom. Yeah. And the Spider-Man Venom yes, storyline. I remember you mentioning and that. And when I saw that they were bringing Doomsday into this, I was really, really, really concerned that they weren't going to play the movie out correctly yeah and i feel that the last hour of the movie makes up for the previous hour and a half of the movie because that last hour after after the wheels start really turning Mm -hmm. i think the movie's fine i I really don't take any qualms with it but there's so much exposition and and way too much we all know who batman is we've seen the superman movie we know who batman is we don't need more origin no that was my that was my argument and there was just way too much storytelling that was unnecessary Absolutely. in the beginning. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Steve? I have not seen it yet. Okay. Um, so Don't waste your money. I'm not really you know, in a hurry to see it. I'll catch it in two weeks when yeah. it gets Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, not being um, the biggest DC fan to begin with. Okay. And just, you can, I don't, maybe it's just me, but like when I see something like a really effects heavy trailer yeah i just i just know it's not going to be something that i'm gonna jump at to go okay. see. 
Um, I normally like a lot of story, but again, even even your even your non comic book fans know who Batman is. Yeah, everybody knows who Superman is. They're they're so ingrained into popular culture that an hour and a half of exposition to get to the the action scene. I'm sure you could have done it in a half an hour, but I found myself wanting that movie to end a lot sooner. I will uh, reserve judgment until I actually. Yeah, see it. fair. The, the, go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead. I say that where I thought they were going to really lose me on that movie is right off the bat when he was having the the sequence and the dream and, sequence and with That's... the bats taking him up the well. I was I looked over at Claire. And, yeah, and I, I did was the like, same thing with my brother. And I said, "Really?" And then when it turned out to be a dream sequence, I it was, was a dream. Was the like, dream always <laughs> tells me. I was like, "Oh, come on." Oh. Because um, I thought Zack Snyder was going to lose his darn mind on. Yeah, that. I was like, Zack, what are you doing? Um, one of the one of the scenes I did have a problem with was when they Wonder Woman shows up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Is she with you?" I thought she was with you. I was like, "Bruce, you just emailed her, right?" Like, <laughs> she was. You were just in correspondence via email with this woman. So don't act like you don't know what's going. On. Exactly. Oh, he already know. knows who you are. Yep. Don't try to play it off like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not Bruce Wayne." No. Where'd you hear that name? <laughs> <laughs> Alfred. I mean, not Alfred. Not the butler who raised me. Uh, no, I, I, I'd give that movie a five. Okay. I was entertained. Mm-hmm. But there were some parts where I was just like, you don't need it. Right. Uh, the flashback sequence with The Flash, right. for instance. You're not really missing much, Steve. I'm right. not concerned with it. Yeah. No. Uh, but I was told I need to get closer to the microphone. Thanks, Allison. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was... Uh, there was a, Like you said, I, I mean... Ben Affleck did a great job as Batman. I agree. I'd, give, I'd give him an A+. Plus. He's probably my yes. favorite Batman That's what I was right say. now. Batman, Bruce Wayne, he was the best combination. The fact that he was playing Until it the as next Batman comes along, yeah. yeah, probably. But as he was playing it as the forty-five-year-old Return yes. of the Dark Knight yes. Batman, I thought it was perfect. The yes. fighting style change, I really liked it. The, um, I liked the brutality of the fighting style. Like, right, Batman, we all know is pretty brutal when it comes to kicking baddies. Right, and the way this looked with him being older, he can't take that. He can't do spin kicks and ninjutsu. Yeah, so and, he just and, does the. So he breaks people. Yeah, and which that's is the most effective way. Fantastic. Apparently. I loved it. Uh, I want to talk real quick about um, one of the other podcasts on the network. Um, that just happened. Just did their Batman versus Superman rundown um, with Adam and Rodney, and I was taking. I'm sitting there yelling in the car as as I'm driving back, and one of the things that I had to say about it is I really I really did like. The Lex Luthor. I liked it. Be fair. It reminded me of Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. The the little bit, the quirky, crazy, yeah. you know, to the nth degree, but you're, you're making polarizing characters in this, you know? Yeah. You can't I, have calm, cool, collected Batman and calm, cool, collected Lex Luthor and calm, cool, collected Superman. You yeah. have to have somebody out of their mind. Yes. And if they're all drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I started off liking Lex mm-hmm. I liked the Jesse Eisenberg Lex I was like oh this is pretty cool mm-hmm. but the one scene that got me is when he unwraps the Jolly Rancher mm-hmm. and just pushes it in the guy's mouth I was uh-huh. like nope you lost me I don't like this I don't like this Lex anymore I turned to my brother and I was like nope I was wrong I don't well, like him what, what kind of Jolly Rancher cherry. was it? Well, he, can't such, he can't be such a bad guy if he's giving somebody a cherry. <laughs> it's, cherry <dollar. laughs> it's not like it's grape or anything. The scene, uh, the scene that kind of saved that whole movie for me, especially being such a fan of that Batman. I mean, of the Superman yes. storyline. Yes, is when you have that scene in space with Superman and Doomsday, 
And then did Doomsday. Do we give a spoiler alert? Out I did. I said it. <laughs> and then Doomsday becomes the Doomsday from the comic books. Yes, that, that was super cool. Right. And the other thing that I didn't like at first that kind of won me over after I thought about it after the movie was, and you see this in the trailers too, so it's not like it's that mm-hmm. big of spoilers, but the EMP pulses off of off of Doomsday and the way it's just destroying the town. I mean, the comic book series had a 13 comic book run of Doomsday just destroying yeah. city after city. How do you wrap that into 15 minutes a movie? Well, you have him destroying the city, but just not with his fists. Yeah. So I, I think it just kind of upped the ante of how bad this situation was yes. to force these people to come together. Yeah, it was. Uh, they, it was some of it was done well. Mm-hmm. Some of it I had a problem with. Right, and then we'll leave it at that. I agree with that 100. percent Yeah, but I'd give it like a five six at best. I, I could understand that. Um, I don't think you need to see it in the theater. I didn't think there was anything spectacular about it. I don't think you'd necessarily have to go spend theater money with popcorn and drinks to see it. Which is what I. Did. Yeah, I did too. Um, I do think, though, if you get the opportunity to rent it or see it or put it Wait in your Netflix. if you have a collection or <laughs> Netflix or whatever, it's worth your time to watch. Yes, uh, especially if you're a fan of the Batman and Superman. It's, right. it's worth it. Exactly. So, moving on. Absolutely. I know you guys are, are big Marvel fans too. Absolutely. You are, yes. Jared is especially a big Spider Man fan. You are as well. He's or? a bigger Spider Man fan I, than I am. Really? I, you I enjoy am, the Spider Man? I am historically a Spider Man fan. So yes. both of you are, are amped that Spider Man's in Civil War, I'm assuming? I would Or say not that. so much. I was, I'm was. i super geeked about it. Yeah. This is one of our polarizing... Like, okay, Jared, I'm excited yeah. for this talk. Yeah. Jared, really Jared excited. and I normally agree on most things or within a degree or two yeah. on things, but some stuff we're just like butt Button heads on, and, and this is one of those. Okay, so why aren't you very excited, Steve? Um, okay, well, the reason that I'm not excited for this Spider-Man is because the the way that they're presenting it is we know it's going to be Tom Holland as Peter Parker. Yes. And unfortunately for me... Ever since Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2, they weren't good films. And we've already had Peter Parker's origin story. We've had Peter Parker's origin story rebooted. So having a third person playing the same character is going to be tedious, in my opinion. This was the perfect opportunity to broaden the Marvel Universe and bring in Miles Morales through... You even have a TV show dedicated to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you could have introduced him in. To take a flagship character like Spider-Man and introduce him as a third-tier character in Captain America's movie is, is just a waste of an opportunity to me. You already brought in the Black Panther as a new character to take his role in Civil War. Yeah. And I, I think he's going to be shoehorned in there. I am that worries me. But at the same time, when I saw him backflip onto that van with Cap Shield in his hand, I, I still had a had a you know, nine year old Steve still went squee and yeah. was was excited to see what they do with it. Okay, so Jared, are, you are more excited. Oh yeah, ever since I found, ever since that Sony hack happened and it was released that they were in talks with Marvel to get the rights to, you know, movie rights to Superman for distribution and all that, or however they have it to where, you know, yeah, Sony it, has the it, last Nick say. Yeah, talked about that is it's, uh, right. they collaborate, but Fox right. does have the final cut. Yeah, so Sony, with, Sony, oh, Sony, with, with that, any time Marvel gets to put their hands back on their characters, Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I yes, mean, you look I agree. at Marvel Studios hasn't made a stinker of a movie yet. 
Marvel. I mean, the new Mar- basically since Iron Man one, the real Marvel it's, Studios. Yeah, it's been has it's been, been fantastic. It, and if you look at the way that they're doing their their small screen stuff, they know what they're doing. Also, yes. with them being owned by Disney, Disney knows what they're doing. Yeah, they know how to make things big. And I don't think that you're going to see Disney or Marvel let this character not come off correctly. Now that, now that you say that, have mm-hmm. you seen the tweets about Civil War, specifically Spider-Man? I, not a lot of them, Okay, no. so uh, everyone that's talking about it, mm-hmm. the, the early screening, the, the actual movie reviewers, oh, okay, great. have said that Spider-Man is spectacular. He's in it more than you'd think yeah, he would get be in it. Yeah, get it. <laughs> is he amazing? Right, right, right. That's also <laughs> one of the reviews. Um, but one of the ones that really caught my eye was uh, by Kevin McCarthy. And it's, he said, at 8 p.m., Winter Soldier was my favorite MCU film. Roughly two and a half hours later, Civil War is now number one. Action, masterpiece, caps, Spider-Man, hashtag nerd tears. So Excellent. that should make you a little bit more excited that these guys are hyping it up. I, I'm I'm really oh yeah. There's nothing I mean, there's nothing going to turn me away from this movie. Like yeah. I'll be there opening night if I have the opportunity. Yes, like, absolutely. I am, I am all in for for this movie. Hashtag Team Iron Man. But um, Team Iron Man, I would love. Oh, it. I will argue that in a minute. Oh, that's absolutely. Fine. Go ahead. Okay. So see, now we're on the same side again. Yeah, that's it, it. Took you long enough. Team Iron Man. Um, Hashtag. So from what I'm gathering from this Civil War <laughs> is it's after the events of Age of Ultron. Yes. Uh, which is the best That's way why for it's called a sequel. Yes, we get it. We're just <laughs> recapping for our it's viewers. It's a series. Yes. Um, something I, I saw on the internet roughly was Tony Stark makes Ultron. Mm-hmm. Ultron then screws everything up. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark then backs the bill to register superheroes. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, Tony Stark is the cause of all this problem. Well, yes and no. Um, the Everyone's tying in registration to this, yes. and that's not what it's about. Okay. Registration was a focal point of the Civil War comic books because you had probably over 120 superheroes in Marvel Comics at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, th- right now we're at a cast of maybe 15 or so, depending mm-hmm. on how you want to do it. Mm-hmm. The... Sokovia Accords, if you watch the first trailer, which is what the you know Thunderbolt Ross throws in front of Cap when they're in that meeting, yeah. is for there to be government oversight of the superheroes. It has nothing to do with registering their identities. Okay. Because, let's face it, uh, everybody knows Steve Rogers is Captain America. He's a yeah. s- historical figure. Yes. Everybody knows Tony is Iron Man. Yes. Everybody knows who War Machine is. Yeah. Um, Hawkeye runs around without a mask. Natasha gave up her identity when she... You know, dumped all shield secrets onto the net. Yes, there's not a whole deal about registration. It's, it ba- I mean, basically, Ant Man's probably the only one with a legit secret identity right now. I uh, Black Panther and so, Black Panther, Black who Panther, we've not, who we've not been introduced to yet. Yes, which so, I'm excited to see him. Yeah, I will absolutely love to see that. Yeah. So, yes. you know, registration's not a, a part of this at all. Uh, Tony is compulsively trying to fix the mistakes that he's made ever since before he was kidnapped and became Iron Man. Part of that is he now feels that they should not be running around unchecked. So whatever that entails to him, he's going to be on board with. And for Captain America to go from his story arc in his first film as the dutiful soldier obeying everything to a black ops operative in Winter Soldier to now come full circle and be defying the government is his logical story arc. Yes. And, I mean, I'm obviously hashtag Team Cap. Right. 
I, Everyone's allowed Cap. to be wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, whereas I think you are wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> we can my mic is muted. <laughs> yes, uh, as now Steve is off the show. <laughs> um, uh, I, I respect your opinions, though. I really do. I think you make a solid argument. Um, but I will always and forever be hashtag Team Cap. I understand. Even our, our D-bag, Cap yep, and Bucky, Cap and Bucky. <laughs> That's awesome. That I can't wait till we go see Civil War and start And just start tweeting against it. each other. Yep, go wait, uh, That would be cool. Um, but yeah, I'm... I'm stoked as all as all Jesus for this. So yeah. there's now obviously if you as you've been reading reviews and all this, I'm sure you've come across the um, you know who's going to die in this film because there's a lot of rumors that not everyone's going to make yes, it through. Yes, I've, I've heard that. Um, Do you think they're going to stay true to the original Civil War story arc? I I don't know. Um, it'd be something to see. You know, nobody is ever really dead as uh, Phil Coulson proved. Yes, but it'd be. It'd be shocking to see it, you know what they're going to do with it, um, especially with you know Crossbones being in yes. the movie. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that we haven't seen in the trailer. We haven't seen any of Agent Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cap and um, Chris Evans, Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, and Paul Rudd were all on Jimmy Kimmel last night representing Team Cap, and I'm like, where's Jeremy Renner and where's uh, Elizabeth Olsen and yeah. things like that. So. It's kind of, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, even uh, Don Cheadle as War Machine isn't featured in the trailer very heavily, except in the being one shot scene down. He's shot down, yeah. And it's it's interesting to see if they're actually gonna gonna pull the plug on one of these characters, especially with Infinity War. So I had a question one. for you about that scene. Now, since you're familiar with that scene where Don Cheadle's getting shot yes. down, and you see like where where you have Iron Man, and, and they're, they're, him. yeah, and they're starting to like square off, like right in the beginning, not in the beginning, but in that in that. Yes. portion of the trailer do you feel that that's at the end of the movie like what act do you think that is i feel like that may be the not the start of this but somewhere shortly after i think it's the end of act one i think, I think so. that's what i think that's what causes the final, Tony. The, the final rift before they start gearing their teams up and starting like their yeah. ops against each other yes the fact that they go after bucky and everything i think you know they show like where they're all like have all their you know gear off at that point right. yeah but I think when they're geared up fighting, you have that first altercation, and then you have like a building of arms, yes. and then you have your final Cat showdown Bucky, where Tony. Spider-Man shows up. I mean, I'm sure Spider-Man's going to show up at some other point. But yeah, I they think, said he's in the movie more than you'd think. Right. I think that I, I'm, I'm hoping for the, the big team-up to be dead center, mm-hmm. and then that, that scene where you see Winter Soldier and Cap just going hard on Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's the... Kind of like your climax. The climax, and then right. we get the resolution at the end. Right. That's what I'm hoping for, but uh, we'll have to wait another rough month to, I know. to see. And that's killing me. I've been excited for this movie ever since it was announced. I yeah, love the Civil War, just the whole concept of it, and I I can't wait. I'm just excited that they're actually doing like the entire Infinity Gauntlet, basically, series on the overarching story yeah. arc of this being like, the greatest overarching story arc within marvel yeah. and then putting civil in war inside c- of that even though civil war you know it, this is the civil war movie but civil war has been brewing 
yes for a few films now it yeah has. i mean even it's been, if you go back underlying. and watch you know the original avengers you know tony and and chris were uh, tony and steve rogers were about to go at it on the helicarrier yeah and you know there was even there there's always there, really been that tension yeah, and i think there's that argument when they're on hawkeye's farm in age of ultron and so it's rips yeah rips them the, the, the tree trunk. that was pretty awesome what i'm really excited for is when cap's on holding a helicopter that looked to the thing awesome. and he's just stay like keeping it there i was yeah. like that's the cat man that yep. is what I want to see. So I, sorry, I nerded out. Yeah, for no, it's all good. No, I, you see? I totally nerded out when you know he's like, I can do this all day. You know, tying it back into the, uh, the first movie, but with the way that the trailer is cut, I don't think he's saying that to Iron Man. Yeah, because remember, so. you've also got you've also got Baron Zemo somewhere in the mix. Yes. On this. So there's a lot that we don't know from the trailer, and that gives me a little bit of pause. But I'm, I'm still all in. And yeah, absolutely. I'm Did gonna, you see the uh, Ant Man thing today? That got no. posted up. It's it's on it's all over Facebook. Nerd just posted it. Yeah, but it's where Paul Rudd as Ant Man gets introduced to the Team Cap group because uh-huh. he because Cap picks him and yeah and, and Jeremy Renner goes and gets him, and then the, the interaction he's like, oh my gosh, you're 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 Captain America, and he's like, it's it's he's really it's out. really adorable. Yeah, oh, yeah and really he turns cute. back to Hawkeye. He's like, I I know how I know you too. You're you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, really cool. I like Hawkeye a lot, though. He's one yeah. of my. He's one of the underrated of. I thought for sure, characters. and they were doing it that entire way in Age of Ultron. But I thought they were gonna. I was. Yeah. I was so afraid he they had, were gonna kill he him. He had off. the axe over his head the whole time, and then Whedon is just like, suckers. <laughs> just kidding. There goes Quicksilver. <laughs> um, oh, hashtag too soon. Uh, <laughs> so what about Age of Apocalypse? Are you excited about that? I actually really, really am because I've liked. I it, I've I'm, liked the reboot. Mm-hmm. The. Days or the the first class days of future past. Yep. I've loved Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Magneto. Ben I mean, not the Ian McKellen. I love Ian McKellen's Magneto well, yeah, too. But, but a a younger, more edgy, and more, I think, very aggressive Magneto. Right. Uh, Absolutely. I am stoked. We've got uh, the guy who plays Poe Dameron. Can't think of his name as all as a uh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse yeah. yeah. And uh, some of the scenes in the trailer are just like getting me so pumped when he, his mm-hmm. eyes go black I've never felt power like this this is and this the buildings getting destroyed sucked out of the off the ground into the sky this is the second most pumped I've been for a movie besides really? Civil War wow I love the apocalypse storyline yeah and I've been a huge X-Men fan mm-hmm. for as long as I can remember I was a kid and my mom made me cardboard Wolverine gloves awesome a cardboard <laughs> a Cyclops visor and I would run around my neighborhood just like ah, fighting myself it's great so I've been a, a, that explains so I've, much because I've, I've been a, a, an X-Men fan for as long as I can remember Apocalypse being one of my f- the, my favorite storyline. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he's the he's the Thanos of the X Men. Absolutely, yep. I mean, he's um, the all of the I'm villains. excited to see a new Nightcrawler, Psylocke, one of my absolute favorite characters. Perfect, the, one of the best <sighs> castings Olivia in all of Marvel cinematic universe. I have the biggest crush on Olivia. And, uh, so ever I. since I saw her on uh, the G Force show, yeah, what is that? Cheat or gosh, I can't remember what it was. She called. used to be on Attack of the Show. He used to be on Attack of the Show, and then no, that was a different character, a person who did the the one right after Attack of the mm-hmm. Show. Yeah. Or it was just the, the the girl doing all the video game. Programs. Yeah, you have uh, yeah. you have Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones being young Jean Grey. Yes, yeah, that's exciting. Awesome. I, I like, I like the young I'm just Jean like, Grey. Meh. I like uh, the Havoc and Scott and the Cyclops. Yeah, those that, are because they are brothers. So mm-hmm. exciting for me to see that. Um, Archangel's going to be in it. Yep, not Angel, but Archangel, yeah. the evil and uh, high uh, high tech. Yep. 
um, Storm, a young Storm. Yeah, she looks really good too. Oh she, my they cast God, her very well. super excited. Uh, like I said, Psylocke, one of my other favorite characters behind Gambit and mm-hmm. Bishop. Gambit is my. They've tabled that movie and they're not doing it. Apparently, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, were so crushed. Yeah. Well, they've had a, that's that's never had the momentum that they needed it. No, to have. no. When Ryan Reynolds, uh, for lack of a better term, waltzed in and made Daredevil. I mean, I know he's been trying to make Deadpool for the last like ten years, which was but, incredible. I thought, um, you mm-hmm. know, for him to walk in and just throw that down, and now. You know, of course, Fox is going to back that rather than something that they're not yeah. sure of. Right. I still want a Gambit movie in the future. With I do Channing too. And Tatum. I thought Channing Tatum would be a perfect. Yes, person isn't he for from it. Louisiana? Yeah. So I'm sure the accent yeah. could be. He could up. play it off very well. I think so. He's he's charming too, which exactly. is which That's is the, the character is he, of Gambit. Yeah. He is a lady killer and yep. not always a good guy. Right. He doesn't start out good. He starts in the what is it, the League of Thieves. Somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah, exactly I don't remember where. the exact title, but he starts off there. Not in X Men until much later in his career, right? And then even then becomes a bad guy towards the end again. Where it's it's, it's old Gambit sitting on. There's one thing I've always remembered: is old Gambit sitting on a throne surrounded by some women, and he's he's regretting his whole life. Yep. Yeah. Incredible part of the book, uh, the comic series. Yep. He was um, uh, he was a horseman of apocalypse at one point too. Wasn't I he? believe so. I'd have to fact check. I think that. each one of the X Men eventually Pro- taken probably. Turn. Yes. <laughs> and then eventually we're getting an old man Logan film. Well, that's well, not well, that's, that's a, not what it's, it's, it's a rumor. Yeah, what, what they said Wolverine was is that for. it's going to be Wolverine in the future. Yeah, a future version of Wolverine. I'm really they hoping. Old Man I'm Logan. really hoping Old Man Logan. R-rated too. Wolverine movie but, is a must. But I don't know. I mean, I, I love the story. Yeah, it's another thing. I mean, so far, aside from Marvel, has not let me down since since aside from the Spider-Man series. Yeah, I, I mean. Spider-Man, pretty much everything after Spider-Man 2 has let me down in the Spider-Man franchise. Yeah. But anything that's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, oh, actually, and I, and pretty much anything Sony has pretty much let me down except for the X-Men, this X-Men except series. Except for X-Men 2 and 3. Well, that's, yeah. No, X-Men 2 and 3 were still fun movies. They I, were I fun, but I don't think they were that good. But you got I didn't think they were good as the, the first you, X-Men. But you I, thought X, you did, I thought X2 was the strongest of those first Yeah, three I would films. agree with you on okay. that. But the um, thing that you didn't have you know, at that time was... Yeah, 3 was bad, but... 3, but but you didn't have anything else. I mean, we had nothing to really compare to. By the time that X3 came out, but you didn't regardless have... Regardless of comparison, a bad movie is a bad movie. But what I'm saying is you have darn near this is getting perfect exciting. castings of characters... Playing characters you've loved, I mean, I'm sure all three of us watched the X-Men cartoon growing up. Oh, yeah. And had the books and stuff. You know, you still got to have a comic book movie that wasn't, it was a it was a Friday night popcorn movie. It, it, it wasn't, was, was it, what it wasn't was was good. I mean, it doesn't matter what you compare it to. It was still an awful film. I disagree. I disagree. I'm, I'm liking fun, this man. one. You guys are button heads now. No, I mean, they pulled off. I thought let's, they did the Dark let's, Phoenix saga fine. Let's, let's load a bunch no. of machine guns with serum darts to take away mutant powers. Yeah, why not? Because it's stupid. That's why. You're already you're already giving up your suspension of disbelief and saying there are mutants and superpowers and things like that. You can't just go, oh, yeah, they have the serum that can block it. Sure, I can. Okay. And I do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like parts of that movie, but other parts I was... Not wowed by. Right. I w- I would rather watch X three than any of the Fantastic Four movies. Well, well that's that's not even a not even <laughs> a okay. Thing. I so don't, I don't. Would you rather watch X three or Batman vs Superman? X three all the way. Okay, so but it doesn't mean it's a good film. I'd get gi- I'd give it a seven. Right, but that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a good film. What I'm saying is it's it was, it's, a, it's a 
you go to the movie theater and you watch yeah. superheroes beat on each other. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I own all the X-Men movies. Right. Minus the new ones. but well, Because you have to get them in the three-pack now. <laughs> no, I had it when they were all individual scale. Yeah. I bought them. Like, yeah. no regret on that. But Okay, so a question. For, have you seen uh, Days of Future Past, this rogue cut that's out there? For no. What is what is this? It's it's another, it's a like a re-released version of the film that has rogue in it throughout. And we've talked about it on, the, on the Disease Network a couple of times that no one wants to spend the 15 bucks to get it to see what it is. <laughs> so we're just trying to find somebody who's actually watched <laughs> no, it to I, tell know, what to it be is. On, to be honest, I may actually spend that $15. I really like Days of Future Past. I do too, but I don't like Anna Paquin as Rogue. Neither do I. I thought she was a bad, bad, bad Rogue. Yes, but I'd still like to see Rogue. I want a good Rogue, like a real, like Southern, like she we saw a, in she the. She was comics. a young Rogue, was I think the thing, and all of us grew up with the Rogue who was already an established, who could fly yeah, and yeah. Had super strength, and, and you know, Ms. Marvel's wasn't right, yes, true. and and wasn't angsty and like I can't do anything. I'm just so sad. I want my powers right. taken away. I was like, mm. and and for I mean, for me, like you know, you look at the comic. I thought, especially for the X X. The original X one, two, and three series that they did, they did such a good job casting their characters based off a of comic book. I like view yeah, I like to it. take her, who is for all intents and purposes in the comic book, like six foot one, and yeah, I mean of all the with the with a the woman? cast of characters that, that the X Men have to choose from, it was really weird that she was the eyes of the audience. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like like she, you don't even like this. I think her as a character. As young rogue in this movie series, in in this you know mm-hmm. this timeline, okay, fine, I buy yeah. that. But the way they did it in X one two three, I just thought it was very. It didn't fit for me. I got you. That's all I'm saying. By the way, Kelsey Grammer, best beast. I was that was yeah. That was I like. I mean, I like the new guy. Well, but I liked. He was the more older and refined beast. Right, which so which it's is cool. cool I, I like young beast. I don't. Too. I, do I too. don't like the Jekyll and Hyde. You know, beast where he can like turn back and forth. Yeah, that's that kind of threw me off. Mm-hmm. But I, I did. I think I did we can all really agree. Like, I think we can all agree that Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique is amazing. Yes, and she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. I'm falling off the J Law wagon a little bit. But I, I still, I still, <laughs> <laughs> I still do really like her as as Mystique. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm, I'm I like Nightcrawler, and I'm excited he's in the film. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that yet. Like, I didn't see who they got playing. I'm, no, I didn't catch I, much I of haven't it in the trailers. It it's been in the trailers. I haven't dug deep into the movie yes. because I kind of go into those with an open mind. A, an open mind. Yeah, and I don't I'm, research them. As I'm much. just kind. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm riding the wave from Days of Future Past onto this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, no, I, I'm super excited for Apocalypse. End of story. Excellent. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Like like I said, up there, and then it's Civil War, mm-hmm. and then I love the character of Venom as well. Yeah. I've always loved Venom. Um, speaking of all things nerdy, have you watched Daredevil? Oh, absolutely. I course. have not finished season two, but how do you feel about So the why are you on the radio right now when you could be finishing season two? Because Get out of here. You go do that. We'll finish up your we'll show. We'll finish up your radio. <laughs> <yeah, laughs> and you know what? You, guys, you, you could. You guys probably would. Um, well, I have to go to work tomorrow. So. <laughs> I'll tag you in after. <laughs> no, it would. It, it's. Uh, I like the casting for Punisher, and I've always liked the casting for Daredevil. Uh like I said, I've gotten like four episodes in, but then this mm-hmm. kind of took kind of took your to, life over a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because I was planning <laughs> for like two weeks ahead of time, right? I, and I, I even kind of I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago. and was like, hey, you want to be yeah. on? Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't think I was going to be able to do this until today. Yeah, because you messaged me like, can Jared come on? I was, of course, <laughs> I'd love to have both of you on the dynamic between the two of you. We're already having a lot of fun. But on that, we're going to take a quick song break. 
I'm not sure what song I want to play then. So <laughs> we're going to go with All the Small Things by Blink-182. Ah, oh, good call. I think you had to do Iron Man. Come on. <laughs> All right, we'll do Black Sabbath, Iron Man. Come on, best, just you guys best are, movie ending Just ever. because Come you on. guys are hashtag Team Iron Man, I'll respect <laughs> it. Here is Iron Man by Black Sabbath here on WLRA 88.1 FM, Lewis University in Romeoville. I like to remind the people what they're listening to whenever I get back on. Um, so, like, I, if you missed the first half hour of what I've been doing, we have Jared and Steve on. We just finished talking about things nerdy. And now we're going to shift it to uh, sports. So, White Sox have their opening day. Yes. Oh, you're not even on. I'm sorry. White Sox <laughs> opening day was... <laughs> was on Friday. Was on Friday. Did they win? Uh, not that game. Okay. Unfortunately, they lost that game four to one, but they are five and two on the season. Excellent, um, Sox first, fan. Currently in first place in the Central Division. Yes, I am a lifelong White Sox fan. Sox Same fan here. Jared. Oh, yes. right. I'm talking to some good old Southsiders then. Absolutely. Um, not. I am not a Cubs hater. I may self-proclaim. I've been you know all over the uh, internet airwaves saying that I am not a Cubs hater at all. The only time that I really care about the Cubs losing are for six games in the summer. In the Crosstown Classic. And any time that they would ever meet in the postseason. Outside of that, they can do whatever they whatever want. They do want. as great as they want. Yep. Um, well, I don't know if you guys remember, I did the, the Cub Crawl last year. Yes. Which we broadcasted um, mobily from outside Wrigley when they were in Game 4. Yep. And they got destroyed. But that's okay. It yep. was still a lot of fun. <laughs> I met a Doc Fly and a Marty McFly, or a Doc and a Marty McFly. Um, people were cosplaying. People were the- cosplaying at the Cubs game. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it was the coolest thing because they had because the whole uh, oh, the I get, the oh yeah, 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 and, and this so, is the reason why Steve doesn't like even more of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was cool, and we met uh, Marlins man. If you guys are familiar with baseball, okay. So we, the, the guy who dresses up in the Marlins uniform and goes to the playoff games. Oh, okay. Because the Marlins never really make it. Um, Except for the year they won the World Series. <laughs> yeah, after, after that. that. <laughs> But no, it was cool. They have, they have what three World Series championships in the last forty years or so? Yeah, and aren't yeah. they the team that took the Cubs out in yeah. in the CS that one year? Yeah, and that yeah. Steve Bartman but, guy thing yeah. happened. But that was it was cool because it was all Bartman's fault. So oh yeah, yeah. All, yeah, all five of those. The, the, but yeah. you guys can't see the amazing amount of eye rolls I'm giving you right now. Steve yeah, Bartman the, had it, nothing this, to do with that loss. This is it's just dripping with sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me interrupt you. I tend to interject the lines. No, you are fine. It's this what is I what do. it's all about: is just talking and having fun. Yep. Um, so yeah, I like you've been, you said. I'm not a Cubs hater. Mm-hmm. I went to broadcast a Cubs game, so I can't. I saw that was really, that was cool game. that you did that. I yeah. saw that. Uh, we made T-shirts and everything. We actually have it on CharlieMedia.press if you want to listen to it. Oh, nice! Uh, it's a long broadcast. It's like two and a half hours, <laughs> but you can chunk it up. Could be fun. It I was just got fun. Done traveling for like 15 hours as we gonna could have. Yeah, you could have listened, but you didn't. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, if you guys want to talk about baseball, I don't follow. So, Steve, what are your projections for the Sox this year? Um, uh, you think you're going to have a winning, losing? You know, um, 
I think they can easily have a, the thing about the Central, uh, the American League Central Division this year is you can make a case for any team being at the top or bottom of the list. Um, Minnesota, the Twins, who we just finished up this uh, that we're playing right now, and we just went to their home opener, and there's 0 and 7 on the season, and they were projected to finish second yeah. by by most outlets. Um, you know, Cleveland is going to be strong. And it's a long season, and the Sox generally don't have a spectacular August. Um, so if they don't have enough of a lead built up by that time, they could be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. There's in our division, there everybody is so tight that it's just going to be what they would refer to as a dogfight, mm-hmm. and it can get ugly. And it'll be entertaining for us fans. It will also be awful for us fans <laughs> right. because it'll be. Uh, you know, pulling your your hair out. Um, when you look at it, when you look at a game that if you're if you win just a bit more than half of your games, you're looking at you're looking at a you know a, a sport where if you win just a little bit more than half of your games, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you look at football things like that. You have to win three quarters of your games to yes. be a dominant force going into the playoffs. Yes. Yet in baseball, you can get hot and go into the playoffs by winning just a little bit over half yeah. of your games, or sometimes half. Yeah. of your games. Depending you know? on... It's crazy. I mean, there's so many games played, and it's such a long, grueling season that it, you know, it's really like a marathon versus a sprint. I know it's made it's an analogy that's made a lot of the time, but... Right. I mean, just look at the look at the Cubs. I mean, they're projected by just about everybody to finish first, and this could be their year in the World Series. What happens in their first week? Their number one guy goes down with an ACL team. Oh, that was rough. And you know, not to say that they're not deep enough to recover from that. That's the yeah. thing about a good team is if you're deep enough to cover an injury like that and still be in good shape. But still, you know, the first week he goes down yeah. and is gone for the season. So, I mean, I feel I feel for those like for, the, for my Cub fans, friends, you know, it's like, you know, they go from being from having their team in the in the NLCS and really fighting with the Mets to really do something special and i don't care you know going to the nlcs and doing what they did was doing something special especially with that team they put together Mm -hmm. and i think this team is poised to do some really fantastic things this year still that being the cubs but the other problem they run into is that the cardinals are perennial people that are going to be in that hunt all the time and the pirates haven't gotten worse so Mm -hmm. i mean you look at the the best three records in baseball last year came from the nl central and nobody did anything but get better. Yeah. So it's going to be rough for that team. You know, with the addition of uh, Jason Hayward from the Cardinals, I mean, that, yeah. just, that just is is just scary for what the Cubs are able to do as far as depth goes. Right. Like, and adding they, Zobrist? I mean, right. come on, they, that's crazy. And, and as a National League team, to be able to walk into any AL park and play with a DH without it upsetting your rhythm is just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's sad that, that Schwarber's getting you know, whacked for this season. Yeah. But it's not like they – I mean, Schwarber is a bat, and that's great, but he's not a great outfielder. It's not like they're losing a glove and a bat. They're losing a bat. You can make up a bat. Yeah. You can Band-Aid a, a, a little spot in your order, especially with how deep they are. Yeah. You know, if you were losing your best center fielder, if, you know, if Jason Hayward went down, I would be – if I was a Cubs fan, I'd be way more worried than if losing Schwarber, you know. Indeed. Um, I think that the way you look at, I mean, do I think this is a Sox season? No, I mean, I think that any team, it would not surprise me if any team in this division, yeah, that being the American League Central, played each other and you get to the playoffs and 
one of them, one of these teams goes on a run. Whichever team gets hot towards the end of the year goes on a run. I mean, right? It's it's whoever is gonna, it's whoever's pitching is gonna hold out. Is honestly what it's gonna come down to. Um, you're not gonna see a dominant, a real. I don't think you're gonna see a real dominant force in the American League this year. Mm-hmm. But then that's the great thing about baseball is you could have a juggernaut, and you know anything can happen in in any given game. So that's what's uh, that's what's always great to see. Yeah, right, just like with all sports, you right. never know what the outcome will be. You can assume, but anything can happen and, and at any time. Exactly, and I mean you know, in in switching sports on you a little bit, let's look at the Chicago Bulls and that debacle. Oh my I god! I mean, you you take and get you know you have you have the the GM and everybody get rid of the guy they think is the problem, right? And now we're going to be an offensive team and everything, worse. and you did nothing but got worse. I mean, I think it. Everything pointed to this being, oh yeah, this is the problem. So they sold it. You know, the upper management said the problem with this team is that you know uh, Thibodeau is driving them too hard. You know, he's hurting the players. This is Derek's problem. Jimmy's going to be great. Just trust us. You know, and you have some growing pains with a new coach and everything, but. Then you lose Noah, and you bench Noah the first week of the season, and everything goes to crap. And then you see the result of Derek of Rose eight. has his yearly knee injury, right? Yeah, which is fine. I mean, like it's it stinks, but you can deal with that. If you, I mean that that team is deep enough to deal with that, you know. But that this is not the outcome they expected. No, they were supposed they were going to be the number two. They were everybody had them slated to be the number two team coming out of the East, right behind the Cavs. And, and now have, they're not even in the playoffs. No. Yeah, how many years have they been in the playoffs? Since like 08 or something? Every um, everyone. I mean, they've been parentally. It, it, I mean, it's. They could just never get past Miami. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, Miami or Cleveland, wherever LeBron is, you yeah. know? And so, I, I hate LeBron, the biggest crybaby in all of Yeah, but, what should I, but. Skill, what should I do? Skill, I skill level is there. Yeah. Maturity. <laughs> well. He's he's a big baby. Yeah, he every is. time he throws a fit, or there's a foul against him, or he gets he gets charged. He whines like a four year old. I do not like him. You can never change my opinion. Sorry, I got a little. That's all good, man. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait I to like, see that. I like the fire. Yeah, I do not. I've never liked LeBron James. That that's fine. I I don't really. It's one of those things. I hate having him on another team. Yeah. I would lose yeah. my mind and be so happy <laughs> if, if he's on the Bulls. Right. Well, that's. I feel it's the same way about Clay Matthews. Oh yeah, skill is there, but total, just a jerk. Yeah, but he's got such a good acapella group. Oh yeah, no, he's I, great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, it, and uh, when I, I have a problem with sports, oh. especially the NFL, the big celebrations after you do your job. <laughs> your job is to stop passes and to sack quarterbacks and to play defense. When you sack a quarterback when you're rushing one out of eight times, no, you're failing at your job. Mm-hmm. And don't do the big predator celebration if you're failing miserably. If you're not, if you're meant to sack the quarterback when you rush and you don't, <laughs> D. That's why I'm D's, very, digger, that's D's get degrees though. No, I C's mean, get degrees. So that's, that's why I love the beginning barely. of basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I'm for the celebrations. I, I think I think it's a cavalcade of. I mean, this when it's a big play no, or something I don't great. Care. No, go for it. Whatever, as long as you're not delaying the game. Yeah, that's what the delay game penalty is for. If you can, if you can do your job, whether it's your job or you're sucking <laughs> or whatever, and you can get back to the huddle and back on the field and still continue to do it and be paid millions of dollars a year. Good on you. Have yeah, fun. Yeah, 
No, I mean, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Brennan on this one. That ooh, ooh, two versus um, one. That's fine. My opinion know, counts more. <laughs> hardly. So, <laughs> um, you know, when I just remember there was a Bears game last year, maybe two years ago, where they were just getting demolished. Yeah, that happened. And they finally got through and sacked the quarterback and acted like they won the game. I was like, you're losing by 21 points. Mm-hmm. You no, you don't celebrate. You don't get to that. do that, right? You just. You know, you you hit the quarterback. Good job. Get back on the line and do it again, mm-hmm. and get back in the game. You know, the ha- the hail mary for the win at the last second. Sure, celebrate your heart out, but have a degree of dignity as a professional athlete, and go back and get the next round. I, I I'm not saying that my opinion is the correct one. I'm just saying I don't. <laughs> I'm have not a- saying I'm right. <laughs> But I'm right. But I don't have a problem with it. I think it's just an evolution of the game. You see celebrations. It's become a pageantry. Being back in the day when, when our parents watched it or, you know, I mean, the thing about it, the sport's only been organized and been the NFL for, what, 50 years now? Yeah. Or a little bit more, 55, 60 years. Circa. Of, well, I mean, when you didn't have the, the AFL. I mean, the yeah. NFL, as yeah. we understand yeah. today, has been around. Let's call it the Super Bowl era. Okay, yeah. so for, for 50 years, right? Yeah. Even through 50 years, there's been such an evolution of the game. I mean, the guy is going from making you know $30,000 a year to making $30 million a year if you're a top-flight quarterback. Yeah. You know, These that, guys really, they're, they're celebrities. Yeah, I mean, they are. Yeah, they're, they're entertainers. They're, right. And the guys that are there that are, that are doing the day-to-day grind and doing the day-to-day job, and, and when he gets his sack finally and he's not a big name, you know, the... the other outside linebacker besides Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews on Green yeah. Bay when he yeah. gets a sack, most of the time they just go back to the huddle. They, yeah, they, they haven't don't... earned the right to be that guy yet. Yeah. You know? But I agree with you because you look at Lamar Houston a couple years ago when he sacked. Uh, I don't remember who he sacked, but then he did it. He jumped up because he was so he was so excited. He was going to he was celebrating and then popped his freaking ACL. Yeah, it's like oh great, we just and that was one of our big offseason yeah. signings. Yeah. You know? So again. I understand why they're so stoked for it. I mean, it, but at the same time, I'm not saying I would celebrate like that, but it doesn't bother me as a fan. Yeah. I, mean, I respect just, more the person that just goes up and hits them and goes. And gets yeah. out of it. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's, it's your job. Right. I don't celebrate every time I upload a song into the vault. I'm like, yeah, I'm Well, maybe you should try it. <laughs> <laughs> you should celebrate. I should just right. start like dancing around like, yeah, I did it. I did my job. <laughs> um uh, what were we talking about that I wanted to segue into the Blackhawks? Uh, I could not remember. See, I was going to walk you right to it, then you went to football. See, because, you know, basketball I was talking about, it's 81-game yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. So it's hockey, and I was going to walk you into your hockey talk. That's fine. I was going to try and be good. I was going to try and be a good pod mate. No, that's cool. I, I blew that. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Keep trying, Jared. <laughs> so let's talk about the Blackhawks. They have finished the season, what is it, 47-26, and 26, I believe. I'm looking at that correctly. Yeah, wins, 47, losses, 26, overtime losses, 9, whatever. So I'm excited uh, for the playoffs. So am I. I don't think we're going to take the cup. I do. I'm optimistic. I really want them to. But I feel this is our offseason. The regular season is the offseason for me. I mean, like, they, they, they explode in the playoffs. That's when they shine. When you're a team, okay, to me, I look at this team like, the San Antonio Spurs, like the Miami Heat before LeBron left, okay? Until you can consistently beat this team... You don't have a chance. There's, there's, no, there's no reason for me to, to, to think they aren't going to win. So, 
I have. I mean, especially looking at last year, no team beat them in a series. No, you know, it's like no. And I'm not saying that no team could. I mean, St. Louis is going to be a tough play. Absolutely. I think that or Dallas. Right. Going into this playoffs is a much harder road than it's been before. But I think yeah, I agree. They, I stay. I I think they can pull it off. But yeah. I'm not 100 percent on that. Right. So if I was to say, I'd be 60-40 that. 60% they can win, 40%, I don't know. Uh, Some injuries are going to put us back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't remember. Is Shaw back now? I don't know. Or is he coming back? I know Keith will be back soon. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing in the world for him to do. Yeah, That's all on him, and I I agree with with the ruling. Absolutely. It was a dumb move by his part. That's like somebody taking a baseball bat and drilling somebody with it. It's just, it's not right. (laughs) Um... I, I want to talk about my favorite player. Who's your favorite player? Patrick Kane. Excellent. Uh, best he just won an award. Did you yes, say that? Yes, the Conn Smythe Award. No. Uh, yeah, 2015-2016 season, Conn Smythe Trophy. It wasn't the Conn Smythe that Kane just won. Oh, I'm sorry, the Art Ross. I'm reading the there you thing go. wrong. It's okay. It's it's set up dumb. But yeah, whatever. it's all good. The Art Ross Trophy, my bad. <laughs> sorry, I have been wrong in the past. It's okay. Uh, so the Art so Ross Trophy. When I hear somebody say they're wrong, it's like, oh, it's so good. Shut up, Jared. <laughs> uh, but in the season, uh, 46 know. goals, 60 assists, 100. Uh, his plus minus is 17, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but I think the best on the team. He's he's number one in goals. In, well, actually, number one in points. And what that Aros Trophy yeah. is is the most points for a player in a season. Yeah. So when you're when you're With, a, he's at 82. So, so when you're a player in hockey, you get points for whether you score a goal or whether you provide an assist to your teammate. Yep. And those points add up, and at the end of the season, they get tallied, and he had the most points. I'm yep, just trying to – for anybody that's listening that doesn't understand how the yeah, points no, work. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a good explanation. Right, and what a plus-minus is, that means that goals he was – on the ice for goals for or goals against. Right, so that he was on the ice – when he was on the ice, there were 17 more goals scored than not being – on the ice. So yes. he was a plus 17. Yes. So he finished the season with 82 points. Just behind him, though, Artini Panarin. And I think he's been a great addition to the team. I agree. Along with uh, oh God, Anisimov. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, that's, why, that's why I think that their trade that they made to get the two veterans yes. is going to pay off as in the playoffs. I think so. Uh, I love the line they've got going with them three. Mm-hmm. I think better than the first line. Yeah, they've scored more goals. They've been killing it. Um, I'm a huge Seabrook fan as well. He came in uh, uh, one, two, three, four, fourth place with 81 goal points. Nice. So like directly under Patrick Kane. Like, wow. One point. Uh, our team, our team, had 80. Jonathan Taves with an 80. So we have some high points in the in the, in the, the Blackhawks organization. Absolutely. Um, I'm also a gigantic fan of Jalmerson. Are you? And Shawzi. I, yeah. I, uh, if I had to rank favorite players, it'd be uh, Kane, Shaw, Seabrook, Jalmerson. Are my top four. That hey, that's good, man. Um, it's a good top closely, four. Followed closely by Panarin and um, Anisimov. But I need to see more of them to actually boost them up. But see, I don't, and I don't Host has always been my favorite. Host player. is always uh, he's a solid and reliable player as always. He knows what he's doing. A great mm-hmm. on ice leader. As well as experienced. Yep. He knows what to do. He knows how to cause plays. He knows how to break up plays. And an excellent shooter. Uh, Absolutely. He's, he finished with only 13 goals, but he's been... He's also he's been got, hurt. He was out with a hip hurt. for a while. He's been hurt. 20 assists. His plus minus is 10. Nothing to shake a, nothing to shake a finger no. at. Uh, finished with 64. 
So still up there in numbers. Uh, Shaw, one of my favorite boys, seventy-eight. So really mm-hmm. getting close. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tight race. Yeah, amongst the Blackhawks to see who would be number one. Right, exactly. Um, but Kane, I love him. You're number one, best man. hands in the NHL. Yep, smoothest. On a, he's fast. He's he's skilled, and nobody really knows how to cover him that well. Right, and that's what I love about him. It's like trying to guard Steph Curry. You have to play. You can't play up on him. You have to play him. You got to back it up a little bit. You have bit. to back it up, and, and that even gives then, him enough room to shoot. That's and even the problem. Then, that's he's a, he's a, he's a threat when you give him distance. Yep. He's a threat when you're close. He'll he'll burn you. Yep. Um, I went to a game with Natalie a couple. Yeah, I saw that cool pictures game. by the way. Like three rows behind the du- the, the dugout, the bench. <laughs> I, we were talking baseball. I'm getting confused. No, three rows behind the bench. I could have spit on a player if I wanted to. <laughs> uh, no, it was cool because you see a lot more when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I've sat in the 300s and now I've sat in the 100s. Sure, two Hawks games in my life. Love it. Nice. Um, but I've only you sat see in it. boxes. <laughs> <laughs> my dad gets tickets all the time. He won't take me. He's a mean man. <laughs> but he's also great because he ordered his Jimmy John's today. So that's way awesome. to go, Dad. Um, but you see a lot more than you do on TV. I, yeah. I was under the opinion the Hawks never finished checks. Oh, no. But when you're – because you, the camera pans to follow the puck. You never see the smack right. against the boards. Yep. When you're there, the, the best hit I've seen in a long time from the Hawks is Seabrook nailed this guy into the corner, and he took a, a few seconds to actually get back up. Yeah. And I – I like I love how the Hawks play with finesse and speed because that's really more of the some of the west the western or the central style of play. Mm-hmm. Whereas the East Coast is a hard hitting division. Right, they come at are you hard? They hit you, especially Boston. Oh yeah, the hardest hitting team mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, but no, I think and that works well if you can hit the people you're trying to hit. Yeah, and <laughs> it's when you run, like you said you run to the West Coast. You know, the Western Conference teams that if they're quick enough, that's a problem like with St. Louis. Yeah. That's a big problem with St. Louis is that they're big, quick, and hit. Yeah. You know, they're a triple it's, threat. It's it's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, you can also have an issue when you have the fast team that's also dodging all your checks and you're just kissing glass yeah. every time. Yeah. That can put a toll on the team that wants to check. Yeah. And playing hard-hitting – Where's you out? Oh yeah, you are going too hard on the skate. You're you're trying yeah. to blow through people, and even that takes a toll on your body. When you make mm-hmm. connections, you make that hit. It takes a toll on you. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, because I want to kind of wrap it back back into a conversation we we're having earlier. Yeah. How are you? How do you feel about the celebration after a goal? That I feel is good. So you say that celebrations after touchdowns are okay? No. No, well, after touchdowns, yeah. So okay. So where, after, so where do you draw the line? When. When the it's just the the fact that when you are supposed to do your job, I understand. But isn't their job to score goals and provide assists? And aren't, yeah. you, aren't you at the same time ridiculing how many, the, how many touchdowns or points are scored in an average football game? There's an average of twenty one and a half points scored per football game, which is three touchdowns per team. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the average hockey score? Uh, right now, it's the usually four goals wins, so it's anywhere from four zero to four three. The average, I believe, is right at 3.1 goals. So it ends up being, that'd be per team. So that ends up being right around there. Okay. So in essence, it ends up being about the same. Now, the, the thing that we're not talking about is, you know, after a sack, after a reception, after a good run. Yeah, okay. something like that, that's where I draw the line. Okay. Touchdown celebrations, so, fine. Yeah. Because that's a whole cumulative team effort. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, 
And if you do an inter- if you pick in football, like you get that that pick and you run it in for a touchdown. Sure, celebrate like it's no other because that's an incredible play. But I'm not a big fan of the big celebrations after sacks or the big celebrations after a, a stoppage and and a big play. That even though those stoppages and sacks could be the thing that really turns a game. True, but I just. That's where I draw the line. So it's not I don't, so because of it being a more more often than not a routine quote unquote yeah. play versus a scoring play. Yeah, that's so you where kind of draw, I, I line draw the a line. Play. Yes. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Like I don't, I'm just curious if if hockey were to celebrate after big hits, mm-hmm. I, I, that's where I would draw the line. Mm-hmm. Goals are fine. That's a that's a celebratory moment. Mm-hmm. You have put points on the board. How could you not celebrate to dagger? Come on. Yeah. Right. And come on. <laughs> the, I, agree you, with you on you, that. I can't hear that song and not get get jiggy with it. I, I hear you, man. Um, kind of hard to so get to also speaking yeah. of the Hawks, have you did you totally realize that I figured out why Lovey didn't win a Super Bowl? Why Thibodeau didn't win a championship? You have to have a mustache to win in the city. <laughs> you of have to have a mustache to win. Um, oh, I thought it was because they don't have any TWTW. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, Ozzy had a mustache. Phil had a mustache. <laughs> Q. Dicka had a mustache. Dicka. Q. Q grew his mustache. Have you ever, have you ever seen the Coach Q stash Twitter? No. Glorious. Is it good? Glorious. Uh, you have to check that out later. I'll have to check that out. Some of it's very inappropriate. I'll have to follow with Bucky. Yeah. Some of it's very inappropriate. But, um, <laughs> no, uh, we're going to quick uh, get a quick liner in. You're listening to WLRA, 88.1 FM at Lewis University in Romeoville. If you're just tuning in, we have Jared and Steve on. We talked about superhero nerdy things, and now we're talking about sports. Uh, we talked about the White Sox, and now we're talking about the Blackhawks. For your answer for league averages, we'll see how much I pulled out of my rear end. <laughs> Average goal is two point seven one, ah, so roughly off. around three. Okay, we'll round up. We'll be generous. I'll, t- I'll take the round. We'll up. round up to the three. Um, so, so three did. So it would take you three goals to win. Then, so, so five scoring opportunity. Five scoring. You know yeah. what's great about a three goal lead? It takes four to beat you. <laughs> um. Everything is going off right now. It's all of the all of the vibrations. My phone, Steve's phone. Um, She's giving me good vibrations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so since we talked about Chelsea's dagger, I want to play it. Go, man. So we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, a, a three minute and thirty two second break, to listen to the Hawk celebratory song, da-da, Chelsea's da-da, dagger. Da-da, You're listening to WLRA eighty eight point one FM at Lewis University in Romeoville. Hey, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, we are with Steve and Jared. I just turned the mics on. Didn't make the same mistake twice. Um, so we, we were we were talking about nerdy things, then we are talking about the sports. Does anyone have any last comments on the sports? I like sports. I like sports. There's a big episode of sports coming up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that sporting team good did good at sporting. <laughs> they sure did play that well, <laughs> or not so good. Got to score points while preventing the other team from scoring points. That is sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, there was a really cool article. I'm going to try to find real quick. It was like like the 12 most insane sports. So Nice. Um, so I've, I've got something for you. Yes. Did you have something, Steve? No. Okay. So one of the I'm going to steal a segment from another show. Oh, jeez. And uh, one of the other shows on the network. There's a segment called Down the Rabbit Hole. Okay. All right. Explain. <laughs> Down the Rabbit Hole is 
what have you been watching, binge watching, things like that? So, for instance, like um, I had a, I had a project I had to do for class. So I'll start off. Like my rabbit hole that I've been on lately is that I had to do a project for my managerial communication class, and it required us to look up a TED Talk presentation and then analyze it and pick it apart, which then led me down the down the rabbit hole of theoretical physics TED Talks, and I sat there in my garage. <laughs> For about two and a half hours watching TED Talk after TED Talk after TED Talk. They are addicting. Yeah, and then looking at other theoretical physics stuff on YouTube. So that's what a rabbit hole is. You know, if you go, uh, a good rabbit hole would be, uh, for instance, when you go to Netflix or something and it gives you your suggestions and you just kind of keep watching it. Binge watch. Yeah. So have you been down any rabbit holes lately? I mean, I know you've been busy doing this. I mean, yeah, this is my rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, But before that, it was watching the flash, the The flash, the flash. I know Steve is a huge hashtag arrow fan. True. Um, But there's Taylor. (laughs) Taylor just showed back up. He's getting ready to come back in. Thanks Um, for the nice comment, Taylor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just got into, I finished the flash and I loved it. I'm starting Arrow. Don't worry. I'm. I've heard really good things. I didn't like it the first two episodes I watched, so I stopped. Mm-hmm. But I heard once you get about season or episode five, yeah, you're really gonna start loving. Yeah, it, it hooks you around then, and then you want to gouge your eyes out around season three. Is it that bad? Season three was tough. Season three of Arrow was really tough. It's 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 an then, effort uh, to get through season, season three. I don't put effort into shows. Yeah, season four, season four picked up really well, okay. and then uh, they're just about to finish season four. I think they got maybe eight episodes left. Okay, this season. okay. Is all are the three seasons on Netflix? Uh, the first three yeah. are on. Netflix. Okay, cool. Yes. Then that's easy for me yep. to watch. I might watch while I'm flying in Vegas, um, to Vegas rather. But yeah, um, my rabbit hole besides The Flash, uh, before mm-hmm. that, um, recently it's been Super Smash Brothers too. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting so into Super Smash Brothers. Every time uh, our friend Maggie comes over, uh-huh. she's like, hey, you want to smash? I'm like, of course. Like, <laughs> we have like big, like we're playing four people matches, just nice. lighting each other up. Who's your team? Who's my team? I, I play with Ike. Okay. And I, I wreck. Nice. He's he's not as fast in his, his attacks, but he... When you land a blow, you land a blow on someone. His main nice. attack is like 19% damage. Wow. And if you use the stronger attack, it's a good 20, 26. Nice. So nice. It's, I play with him. Otherwise, I play with Captain Falcon. Nice. Or Link. That's, that's a good choice. Captain Falcon, Link, and Ike, but in, not in that order. It's Cap, Ike, Link, Captain Falcon. Nice. Never go wrong with Link. No, no and he's option. one of the easier swordsmen to learn on. Mm-hmm. Um, got a, and a wide variety of moves, whereas Ike has like four or five. Link's got bombs, arrows, boomerang. He's got something for everybody. The, that's one the, of the best. The things. great spin attack. That's one of the best things about. Um, I got my. We got my son a 3ds a couple of years ago that's, when we went on vacation. Yes. And then when Super Smash Brothers came out for it, we got him Super Smash Brothers 3D. Yeah. And then I got a 3ds with Super Smash <laughs> so Brothers 3D, play with so it. we could play. <laughs> yeah. So we could play each I've other. been addicted to that game. When I go home, my brothers got it. That mm-hmm. and Majora's Mask re- Reloaded, the, mm-hmm. the new 3ds one. That one is is addicting, but I don't I don't live at home anymore, so I right. I don't get to play. <laughs> um, what is your rabbit hole recently, both of you? Well, I just said like my my TED talks have been has been, been the rabbit hole been going down, and then with my trip to Nashville, I've been just just going after song after song on YouTube. Um, like because I've got YouTube on my Xbox One, yes. so I'll just kind of go on there, and then like it'll suggest songs for you. Uh-huh. But I've been kind of getting into some old country, some old Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard died there's, this week. Oh, there's there's a good, yeah, I heard about that. And um, uh, so I've been kind of like going down that look rabbit hole. Lanco, good okay. country band. L A N C O. Taylor got me started on them. Excellent, good country band. They're cool. they're not as well known. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I have a feeling in about a year or two they're going to be real yeah. popular. Native Run's going to pick up too. They were on the rock, last couple rock boats, and they're a really good country band. Nice. Yeah. So rather than give it a give it a listen if you we'll like do, the man. country. Yeah. Uh, American Love Story is a good one okay. by Lanco. Cool. That's the song that got me hooked into them. Um, what about you, Steve? What about your rabbit hole? Yeah, man? Well, it sure wasn't theoretical physics. I can tell you that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, unfortunately, uh, I couldn't sleep uh, the other night, so I started uh, started up the old YouTube app and started watching uh, how it should have ended. Oh, <laughs> and yeah? And I just kept going through uh, different movies and how they should have ended instead of how they did. And if you guys have never uh, watched the channel, it's it's just hilarious. They cover all your old classics. They've got all the new movies. Um, they even do ones uh, like for trailers and stuff like that. I remember we watched the uh, Jurassic World trailer. Yeah, that should have ended before that yeah. movie came out last year. But uh, yeah, I think they have like a forty-five minute clip of just Batman and Superman talking in the in the cafes. This is how oh yeah, all of them. yeah. So it was just all of those in one long match. Oh, that's up, cool. And I was just like, well. Two thirty in the morning now. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Oh, from speaking, here? Of, speaking of internet animation, I. Uh, I, I showed Claire the old uh, Homestar Runner Strong Bad emails. Ah, Strong Bad. Yeah, she didn't real like because we play Clash of Clans and we there's yeah. dragon attacks. Yes. So we say that we're burninating the other team. Trogdor. If, right, Trogdor. Trogdor. And she thought we were just. She thought that we were both going kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, inst- so I started. I showed her the clip on YouTube. She's like, "Oh my gosh, that's what that's from." So we started watching yes. the Strong Bad emails one after another, and she got a kick out of those. That's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another rabbit hole I've got. Something that I've been addicted to. I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else. I think it's just been those, those few things. And um, so I'm always, I'm this, always addicted to the radio, too. Being a person that's, uh, you know, a, a broadcast person, major, you know, uh, music director and all that. And other things as of what right is now. Programming what music is, and yeah, operations. What is your official title? My official title is the director of programming music and operations here at WLRA. I I am in charge of the day to day activity. Any content that goes out, I make decisions on. I uh, make sure the songs are appropriate and loaded. I also set up the schedule for the shows. Make sure the nice. DJs are doing their jobs. Our little boys growing up. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's it's exciting. I really am looking forward to taking on a bigger role here. That's awesome. He's been listening to Adulting One Hundred and One. Yes, he has. He's doing a very good job of it. <laughs> yes. So um, let me ask you this then: uh, music related, what are your top three bands? In no particular order. Um, I, as always, I've loved the Decemberists since the eighth grade. Yes, you have. <laughs> I I I saw them in concert. It was my first concert mm-hmm. at with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra fell in love they have some of the greatest and they're a band that is always changing mm-hmm. they started out as a european folk style mm-hmm. then they've progressively changed to a hard rock they did the hazards of love album which was their hard rock album with uh the singer from my brightest diamond beautiful voice like that that soulful like deep like this brooding like comes from the, the the gut of you and mm-hmm. uh the, the those album that album touches me really deep and they're getting more into americana folk sure which is really exciting for well, me it's cool that they're evolving that's yeah, and, that, like, and that's what i like to see out of groups yeah um is just that change absolutely um and then after them uh it's it's a in no particular order right this modest said, yeah. mouse okay uh i showed you some of their work you yeah. went into it there are better albums and i should have not picked a long drive for you hey, man, knowing your style good. um the the album uh, Good for News for People Who Love Bad News is my mm-hmm. favorite, uh, followed by Lonesome Crowded West, which has been debated as arguably one of the best independent albums of the 90s really? uh, by m- many music reviewers. It's 
I love Isaac Brock, the singer-songwriter. He's got some great lyrics. Mm-hmm. Some of them is uh, one of my favorite songs by them, uh, besides History Sticks to Your Feet, is the song Bankrupt on Selling. It's okay. about consumerism, and this this is a sense of greed. I'm actually writing a paper on it. Excellent. Uh, about in my religion and popular culture class, which is phenomenal, taught by Marianne Ellen Collette, great teacher, super smart. Shout Hopefully out. she's listening. <laughs> Give me an A. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, that do that, good work and she will. That <laughs> yes, I try my best. Uh, that and then try there's harder. there's one line in that that always gets me is I'll go to college and I'll learn some big words and I'll talk real loud. G dang right, I'll be hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really touched me in a, in a weird way. I don't really can't explain it. And then there was my thoughts are so loud I couldn't hear my mouth. Oh, okay. Um, Excellent. The Moon in Antarctica is one of my favorite albums, by the way. I can go on about Modest Mouse all day. Yeah. Uh, but the Moon in Antarctica, incredible chill-out album where mm-hmm. you can listen and just feel the vibe. Right. Uh, and then my other third favorite band recently has been the Avid Brothers. Okay. Uh, a folk band. Uh, really good. Gr- really, really good. Um, cool. I'm into them. And then I also... I just, I love music. Obviously. I know. I get That's so why I want to know it. the answers from um, So, Decemberist, <laughs> Modest Mouse, Avid Brothers are my current top three. I also My list is always changing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, same here. Currently, it's those three. Right. I, I hate saying, what are your best, your my three most favorite bands of all time? It's hard because, like, I wasn't the same person I was when I was 15 yeah, or I, 20 or yeah, 25. Absolutely. It's, you know. It used to be um, Aerosmith. It was in my list. I've, I still love Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, as, um, God, I just totally blanked on the name of this band. Rise Against. Oh, yeah. Always been one of my favorites. Uh, Great political commentary Mm -hmm. in their songs. And Rage Against the Machine. Nice. I love to rage out. Nice. Uh, But then there's the killers and Mm -hmm. everything. I I can't really always pick. It's it's ever-changing, but the Decemberist is always in that list. Nice. That is the the go-to band. The one that's always there. That is the go-to band if I'm like, man, I don't want to listen to. I will throw on a Decemberist album in a heartbeat. That's cool. And I love all their albums. Nice. May not love every song, but... um, some of their albums are just absolutely incredible. What about you, Steve? Yes, Steve, share. I've uh, talked too long. Well, I mean, you guys pretty much nailed it on uh, when you said that it's hard. To, it's always evolving, you know, your, your top three. I mean, I'm just looking at the album covers around the room, and I was like, I like that album, and I like that album, and I like <laughs> that album, and I like those guys, and I heard that one. And, <laughs> it, you know, it's especially, you know, I'm all over the place. Um, you know, I love... Um, you know, contemporary, you know, stuff like Sister Hazel has always been yeah. one of my favorite yeah. bands. You know, Ingram Hill and some of the people that they tour with are, are great. But, you know, if, if my, you know, iPod is on shuffle, you're just as likely to hear Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton yeah, and the my, Beatles and the Stones and the, the Doors. Way. And it's, you know, it's, good music is good music. I mean, there's there's no way to pick a favorite because every every song and every every chord can you know bring you back to a specific time or emotion absolutely and, i know, love that's what i love about music. it's a time capsule mm-hmm. and you know just, it's like a just, smell being able to smell something that brings you back yes, somewhere yes, like yes, those songs are getting ingrained with you it's just like you know and then you know when merle haggard died recently you know of course, my dad put on, you know, all of his CDs, so it was yeah. just a marathon, and it was just like, oh, yeah, he did that song, and, you know, he, he toured with this guy, and Absolutely this, you know, talented he's on the album artist. with this guy, and, you know, just you know, pure pure musicians are, are just amazing people, and, you know, Eric Clapton said it in his autobiography that, you know, music's always going to find its way to you without politics, without religion, without any other 
attached to it Mm -hmm. and he's like it's always been there for me and god willing it always will be yeah and I, I hope I can say that too. And it's like as the technology evolves, I mean, just, you know, all these jacket covers are from records from, you know, years and years and years ago. And, you know, they had, you know, 12, 13 songs on them each. And we can have and thousands an, and an thousands unlimited and number thousands of, songs. of them in mm-hmm. your pocket yeah. at any given time. Not to mention what you can stream. Yeah. So uh, I, mean, I, I pay for Spotify. I get mm-hmm. the student discount, so it's nice. five bucks. Totally <laughs> worth it. Um, but what you were saying is everyone can connect to music. The language of music is universal. Yeah. There is no way you can say, I do not like music. Right. Because at, at least there's one song out there that touches you. I agree with and that. And maybe you haven't 100%. heard it yet, but right. it's out there, and you've got to find it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's crazy. You know, you catch a foreign film or something, and the soundtrack hits Yeah, you. and you're just, whoa, and, this is great. You know, it's like, who? Oh, what's this band now? And yeah. You know, the ability to, um, you know, identify and, um, you know, just to instantly find it and download it is is just amazing. It's really cool. And then, I mean, from my perspective, as in the broadcasting, we can record them and throw them into the vault and I get to control what I hear. Right. What you hear as listeners. It's like, mm, I'm going to listen to Disney, but then we're throwing ABBA and then I'm going to switch to Rise Against. It, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so Steve kind of danced around the question of his favorite bands, but had a great insight into music. So I agree. I will accept that. <laughs> <laughs> ah. All of them. <laughs> All of the bands. Fav- favorite bands, if you go by the amount of, of you know stuff that I own of them and that I've purchased, are Metallica and Sister Hazel, and then probably behind that would be... Uh, probably the Eagles. Okay, mm-hmm. I can accept that. I really do like a lot of Eagles songs. I'm it's, not that's usually in my perennials. Big fan, but yes, yeah. Eagles are solid. Um, Jared, well, for me right now, um, I find myself so the band that I really like to listen to that I don't like listening to their individual songs. I only like listening to their CDs as a whole. Really, is yeah. Panic at the Disco. Yes, but I love. Their albums. I mean, yes. you know, Green Day is like that too. Where like individual songs are like, oh yeah, I love that song. But if you listen to the whole album, yeah, it's completely different. The, being able to experience an entire album, I really like it. Um, so it would be hard for me to. So right now, Panic at the Disco is one of my favorite bands because every album they bring out, I like the album. I yes. may not. Yes. I probably couldn't tell you. I mean, I can tell you the hit songs that come off of it, but I prefer hearing the hit songs as part of the album versus yeah. the int- versus the song itself. I, I like when albums can tell a story. Yes. And that's why I love the December so much. Is right. Every album is in itself a different story. Exactly. Um, so, with Panic. Panic. Uh, with the resurgence of their cover of The Sound of Silence, Disturbed has always yes. been in my wheelhouse. Claire showed me that. It's awesome. Blew me away. It is pr- in my opinion, it is the best remake of a song ever. Even more than, I mean, I know Metallica gets a lot of props for Turn the Page and for Whiskey in the Jar. I think Whiskey in the Jar is really a really good remake. But this this version of Sound of Silence I love. And I've always liked Disturbed. They're a Chicago band. They've been around forever back when I was in high school and stuff. So they've been around for almost the majority of my life. And every now and again, they'll pop up with a bunch of new songs I like. So it works out really well for me. And then on the you know country folk kind of side of things, I love Zach Brown Band. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love Zach Brown Band. I wasn't a big fan of the Jekyll and Hyde album. Yeah. There I, was, I liked Heavy is the Head. It, it was okay. It was a good jam. It was, it was like, the, the album was 
okay. Yeah, but I, agree. I really liked exactly the other right. two. Yes. So those are probably my three right now. I mean, and those are the ones because like, I'm sitting here thinking about all the songs that I play, and you know, when you think about all the songs, like especially if you're a musician and, and play things, the songs that you generally play are generally the songs you like. Yeah. I think I do like nine Zach Brown songs. Nice. Of the like of the ninety that I have memorized, so ten percent of my songs that I do that I've are memorized Zach are Zach Brown. So it's got to be in my list. Yeah. You know. Um, so since you talked about the Disturbed cover, what, yeah. how do you guys feel about when an artist takes a song, covers it, but just tweaks it just a hair to make it their own? I love it. I, I'm, I am for. What do you I, think, Steve? Um, yeah, I guess it's um, it ultimately it depends on the song and their and their and you know how they it's, do it, it. It's how it makes them feel. Like you can never fail at self-expression. So yeah. it's just a matter of do you identify with that or not. Uh, like Jared brought up the Metallica cover of, of Turn the Page, which I actually prefer to the original Bob Seger version. I agree. Even though they're, you know, and they're done in a, almost completely different styles because, you know, Bob Seger's got the saxophone and it's this, you know, you could just see a guy, you know, standing under the neon lights just singing his heart out for this song and then Metallica gets through and you just, you, you picture a road band just grinding it out trying to do what they got to do and... The way that the the same song can elicit those two different feelings, I think, is is one of the greatest things in music. What I what I'm not a big fan of is, you know, when there's like six different versions of a cover out there, and somebody, you know, does it exactly like the artist, and then the next person just slows it down. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the original release. I like acoustic versions of yes. like pop stuff. Sometimes can be really great. Yeah, um, or you know, rap. Mm-hmm. Also true. Um, you know that's that's my thing. If you're gonna do it, you you have to make it your own. Just just yeah. copying the the original artist isn't gonna get it. No. Um, so if you guys know, you can answer. What is your favorite cover? My favorite cover is "Sound of Silence." So I, I assume as, as of right now, I had assumed before before that it was "Whiskey in the Jar," which is a remake of Metallica. Metallica remade a Thin Lizzy song, which is actually a an Irish folk song. Yes. That like the Dubliners and, and Claire and I went to Ireland and we went to Dublin for our honeymoon and we got Aww. to really experience, you know, the the Dublin folk music. Yeah. It's, it's still it's, big it's there. So I great. mean it's still big all all of that in the pubs and everything. I think you'd like the Larkin brothers if you haven't heard them. They're have they're a great fo- and they're local. They only play around here. Okay, cool. They're, uh you look them up. I have a CD of them. I'll give it to you when okay. I go home. Cool. The Larkin Brothers and Terry Moran. They they're they're from like Mount Carmel, St. Rita. Okay, cool. But they do a, a, an Irish brogue. Oh, nice. When they are on stage, and it's fun. They're a lot of fun. Uh, they have um, some really good original songs too. Oh, cool, man. Um, Excellent. So, Steve, what is your? Um, if you can, just, if you can name just one. on the spot, I'd probably have to say "Tuesday's Gone" by Metallica. Yeah, oh, that's a great that's one solid. too. I love that album. That Grudge Inc. is a great album. Yeah. What about you, Brendan? <laughs> I'm going to sound like a narcissist. (laughs) It's okay, man. I really like my cover of Get Low. (laughs) It's really good, though. It's true. Uh, It's it's similar to one that's on the internet, but I I still like the way I do it better. I agree with you. I'm going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn or I'm being a narcissist, but I I like that. I have also just recently done it. Don't be ashamed of being proud of your art. Self-promotion. Thank you. Uh, I also like my, like, um, my my remix to Ignition. Okay. Um, by R. Kelly, and then oh um, yeah, 
It's the remix to Ignition. Yeah. Um, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Uh, <laughs> but, and then I, I, I do another one of Broad Ripple is Burning by Margaret and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. Uh, great song. Nice. Uh, I love that one. I love playing that one. It's it's sad, somber, but it's good. Excellent. My my personal favorite of my songs that I that I read that I've redone are my covers yeah. is my version of Lola Montez. Oh, dude, I love my, your version of Lola Montez. You got me started on Volbeat. Thanks. I, I, I their new song is awesome too. It's not appropriate for the station, but no, it's, it's, no, a, no. it's a really what good is, song. What is it? Um, it's not appropriate for the station at all. Like even the title. All right, no, tell me on the break. Yeah, and um. <laughs> But they're but my version of my acoustic version of Lola Montez. I mean, it's if we're going to our own horns, I'm very confident and I like it. You're and good. everybody that I've played it for really digs it. Um, so I, I've always wanted to see if you can do an acoustic of Heaven Nor Hell okay. while I actually shred on the electric. Okay, not the solos, but I want that. Darn it, darn it, yeah. darn it. I think it'd be cool. Uh, we'll we'll work on it. Yes, we fun. will. That'd be fun to do. Um, I need a harmonica player. Okay, but we'll find it. That's not a problem. <laughs> we'll, we'll put the feelers out. There you go. So, uh, Don't geez. look at me. <laughs> Steve, you must learn. You can, must be part of the band Kicking Jimmy. You need to be part of the band Kicking Jimmy. I'm already part of the band Kicking Jimmy. I'm the photographer slash digital media engineer. We'll, we'll, get, it, we'll get it really <laughs> off the ground. We'll, we can do some talented things, us. Us guys. You guys. Uh, you know, I uh, I love this talk about music. Thanks for bringing it up. Man. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's great. Um, so it is a radio station. <laughs> well, why not? So um, I'm gonna we're gonna take a quick break. I agree. I, I want to play a December song because I love them. Go ahead. So uh, this, if you've watched How I Met Your Mother, the song's on it. It's from the. Oh, I think it's from Your Majesty the Decemberists. Can I uh, pop in real quick while you yeah. look for that? I got to say, I called the ending of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. At oh, season two, him, don't get him started on this. I, I, I called that ending. I, I almost disliked Speaking How I Met Your Mother as much more. as I disliked um, The Sixth Sense just because I knew what the ending was going to be. Yeah. I mean, now don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed – I mean, it was fun to watch How yeah, I Met Your Mother. Yeah, there's a but, lot of amazing but episodes. The, but it's like, man, I just wish I didn't – Invest all that time yeah, to know to, what the to ending is. Yeah, to be like, is. man, buh. Yeah, so the, uh, the this Heroes Dreamed as an Architect is off of the album Castaways and Cutouts released in 2002. Okay. Um, so here is Here I Dreamt I Was an Architect on WLRA 88.1 FM. I'm Brendan, and this is Tequila DJ. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is WLRA. I am Brendan. Uh, we have... Your mics aren't on. Oh, I'm Jared. <laughs> yeah, now you are. <laughs> I'm uh, Steve. Yes, they've been joining me for the last, what time did you guys get here, seven? Seven, seven o'clock. It's been an hour and a half, and, we, and we've been having great conversation. We talked I've about nerd things. Fun. We've talked about sports things. We've talked about music things. But sadly, all great things must come to an end. This is true. Aww. Aww. Uh, but I hope you guys have had so much fun, as much as fun as I've been having. It's been great, man. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming on. It's 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 hard to fill 80 hours. And <laughs> I bet. And the more people that want to show up, the the happier I am. Hey, mad respect you for doing this, by the way, especially, I mean, for such a great cause and everything. I mean, I shared it out to everybody, you know, yeah. donated earlier. I think it's a great cause. What you guys it are really doing is, is fantastic. Uh, like I, I, I mentioned to the whole comms department earlier, this is my Christmas. Yeah, I don't like Christmas. Right. I like Tequila DJ. Absolutely. I've been waiting to open my present for 
months now, and I finally get it, and I'm slowly unwrapping it over 80 hours. That's cool, And it's man. so exciting. I live for this. This is the time of year, the two times a year, I get stoked as to kill a DJ. Awesome. Ever since I did my first six-hour show my sophomore year, I did mm-hmm. 12, 36 and a half, and I was like, why not go for 80? Yeah. So Taylor and I last year did 36 and a half. Uh, stayed up for a total of 45 hours. Nice. And we were like, eh, maybe not we're going to do the whole 80 to stay up. But we're taking shifts, taking breaks, relaxing, That's awesome. resting. Uh, so you guys have a podcast on the Disease Network that uh, Nick talked about earlier. Excellent. You want to reiterate what that is? Yeah, our show uh, is Something Gate. Uh, I'm Jared, and there's Steve right over there. Say hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you silly. Um, <laughs> it's hard to classify what it is. I mean, it's a pop culture comedy, uh, well, it's sports. I think, I think we occupy a, a good niche on the on the network because uh, Nick and Luke on You're Going to Get a Disease, the show that kind of heads the network, they talk about all your current events, and they talk about politics, and they talk about relationship stuff. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, you know, Nick's friend from high school, Rodney, and his podcasting partner and brother-in-law, mm-hmm. Adam, they are on Um That Just Happened, and they talk about, you know, the, the comic books and the movies and the pop culture type mm-hmm. stuff with the exact opposite of, of Luke and Nick's show. So you've got that, and we kind of bridge the gap because we talk about the the pop culture stuff we talk about sports which is something that not anybody on the network is doing so we right they do it in insight yeah they do it in spurts but we've tried to add it as a segment yeah. to get and to find another niche I've for listened, ourselves and i really do enjoy something gate well thank you i try to listen to claire's uh nick's and yours whenever i get a chance and now that i'm not driving an hour every day it makes right. it a lot more difficult i understand um that. but uh, I've listened to the ones I'm on with Claire, and I've listened to some of yours, and I've listened to Nick's, and you guys all do great work. Thank I you. I just want that to be known. Thank you very much. You guys much. are. I have a great uh, dynamic between the two of you. Uh, yeah, so it's, be it's, proud of what you do. You oh, we are. are I think it's. I think it's really fun to play like a really exaggerated character, like the way I do on the podcast. Oh yeah. And oh it's yes. Just, it's fun to be off the wall. Yeah, it is, and that's what I feel like podcasting up. should be: yeah. is, right. is yourself, but just not uh, turn it up to eleven, kind of yourself. Exactly. The thing that I'm really surprised not su- not necessarily surprised, but I'm I'm happy about, and yeah, I guess a bit surprised is that. We're in our second season. We've done this for over a year now. Yeah, you have. We're we're over thirty episodes. My goal, my goal when I when we started this was, I had a podcast I did with a couple friends a little bit before that. We did six episodes. Just yeah. it was just more friends I, hanging out recording. Yeah, Nobody I, I did edited that too. <laughs> you know, but when we started doing this and you know we got to ten episodes, I'm like, holy cow, we're actually doing it, and I'm not out of things to talk about. I'm having fun. Yeah, you know. And so my my th- mindset was, if I could get thirty episodes in a year. I would be that that was my goal and we got it we got our 30 episodes not to mention our specials that we did with other people yeah yeah um guest appearances um he and i don't always record together on other people's shows so like i went and did on that just happened he's done other things with the guys and you're going to get a disease so we've had we've had a a, a, quite a number of shows in over a year yeah and we rolled right into the second season and i think you guys are always getting better I do too, and it's so much fun. And that, like, and that just comes with the more you do it. Like exactly. I, I started out a broadcaster, awful. Right. Um. This is this is Brendan <laughs> on W. I'm just gonna play music, and then I would just let the vault run. Right. So every time you get in front of a microphone, you you learn a little bit about what you can do. And I think you I think you end up becoming more conscious about what you're not so specifically what you're saying but how you're saying it. Absolutely. Of it because it makes your job editing easier. Yeah. Later. Yeah. So and uh, yeah. I find I find myself trying to. It's hard because you can't pause 
on radio as much because you get dead air and that's awful. Right, exactly. Uh, I find myself doing uh and um more on the radio because I need to not have that dead air. Correct. But, um, see, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's difficult to keep talking and to talk. You guys do, like, hour-plus shows. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's difficult to do, to talk for a consecutive even though we've done it for an hour and a half already. <laughs> right. Uh, we've taken breaks. Exactly. So, excellent work on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you both for coming in. If you want to check it out, uh, uh, Something Gate, you're going to get a disease, uh, the Disease Network in general. There's a lot of great uh, different podcasts on there. We will post the link to, I'll post a link to the SoundCloud on the Spoons McGee page, as well as my personal page, because people have been following. Um, it's also available on U- on iTunes. It is well. available on iTunes now. So yeah, it, the whole network is so all the stuff that that uh, you're going to for free disease, download. Yeah, awesome. On the Disease Network is is what is everything's posted under the Disease Network, so you can't like search for something gate because it's you're going to get Disease Presents. Yeah. Blah, you know. S- yes, but so it, if you search up, the Disease Network. I will you're, search. You're going to get a disease. Yeah. On. We'll, we'll post links and stuff, yeah, but it's yeah, cool. Send me, I just send send me the link that and that's I'll, on I'll iTunes it. as well. Yeah. Send me the link and I'll post it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, so this has been our, our segment with Jared and Steve on WLRA. Any last words? Any last shout-outs? You guys want to pick a song or anything? Uh, well, uh, again, thanks for having us. Uh, Absolutely. It was a pleasure to be out here and uh, to be on the radio. Uh, I've been told since I was, you know, a young man that uh, I've got a great face for radio. It was nice <laughs> to see what that meant. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. You'll be here all week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Tip your weights, Dad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, if you wouldn't mind uh, playing the uh, acoustic version of Layla from Eric Clapton. Yeah, we should have that. That'd be great. It's one of my personal favorites. And I'd love Steve to take us out the way that he takes us out on our standard show. Oh, man. Mm, I will. You know what I'll do to you, uh, for you guys? It's not the the acoustic version is not in here. That's Give me okay. about twenty minutes. Hey, the electric up. version is fine. By Derek and the Nominee. Yes. Come on, man. Yeah. All right, Derek is Eric. Steve, Derek when, is Eric. Why don't uh, you take our Why don't you take our half of the show out of here, Steve? Oh man. Well, you guys want to do the uh, sign off? Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, just remember that uh, haters are going to hate, and alligators are going to alligate, and traitors are going to trait. This has been awesome. Something Gate and <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> and Brendan. Something Gate live. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to WLRA. This has been part of the Te- Tequila DJ 80-hour marathon. Relax and enjoy Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. <laughs>